Hey everyone, uh, unfortunately this episode has a few technical hiccups in it, having to do with the recording that Tricky just couldn't take out while he was editing, so please excuse this if you hear anything like people talking over each other or tracks seeming like they're not synced. Um, so yeah, just a heads up, we have a few technical issues, but again, it's, uh, it's an issue with the recording that Tricky just couldn't deal with, and um, yeah, please forgive us. Everyone enjoy the rest of the show. You are listening to Trophy Horse. With your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 441. I'm your host, Chicky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, he's Alex. Alex, late to the show today, dragging everyone behind him. You've been late for the last three weeks, sir. Well, I had everything set up with the best of intentions to be here at seven, but you know. So, uh, so what happened? Cleaning clean up after dinner is a, a mighty task. He brings the awesome, but he didn't do it last week. But he's back. It's I yield to no one. You know, I watched this Ubisoft forward thing. And although I was glad to see gameplay on a couple of games, overall I was very disappointed. All right, well, we're going to be getting into that. All right, so let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 56, total trophies of 13,177, with a plat count of 243. Alex? Level 31, total trophy count of 6,978, and a platinum count of 103 and 102 games. And you. Hopefully we can ratchet that, that, ratchet that up to 104 and 103 games here within the coming weeks. You're going to, uh, okay, well, we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Yield, what are your trophies? Some gold, some silver, some bronze, and a plat- uh, several platinums. But level 30, trophy count of 6,621, and a platinum count of 100. Nine. Careful, Yield. You almost gave yourself one platinum. <laughs> I did. And Sid is level 41, total trophies of 9,831 with 171 platinums. We are proud supporters of Extra Life. Extra Life is a charity organization that raises money for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. You can make a team, join a team, or play by yourself for your local hospital. Every year, we do a 24, sometimes 25-hour marathon to raise money. This year's marathon is November 7th. Be sure to stop by extralife.org to check out how you can join and help out. If you want to join our team, just look for the Proven Gamer team when registering. Even if you join a team, you personally will still be raising money for the hospital you choose. If you would like to donate to us, go to tinyurl.com backslash provengamer2020 and you can search for your, our team members there to donate to their pages. Play games, heal kids, extra life. All right, so Alex, what have you been playing this week, sir? Rocket League, and uh, I think, I don't know, I, I know that I played Rocket League last week, and I mentioned it on the show, but I don't know if I said that I wrapped it up. Um, got all the stuff I wanted out of the fifth anniversary uh, special event for the fifth birthday for our dear Rocket League. Shout out to Psionics for uh, for all of that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I bought some off, finished up, and delved back into The Last of Us after 
I actually stayed up late to beat the game on Friday. So I have beaten The Last of Us Part Two, and uh, have gone back now and started doing the chapter select to get the to try to get the Platinum Trophy. I'm going to be honest. I really hate the way that you have to go back and look for collectibles the second time because they allow you to do chapter select, as Tricky has said on the show, and as soon as you collect something, you can just jump out and go back to the main screen, and it saves. Because I believe it saves to your profile, right? It doesn't save to your, your actual autosave or anything like that. The best way I can explain to you how to do the collectibles is there's a scene in the game that mirrors the 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 menu page. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, when you get to that point, save your game, uh, do a manual save, then go back and do your chapters uh, and get your collectibles because the collectibles actually save to your profile, not the game save. So you go in, you get the one collectible you're missing, you you immediately quit and go back to the main menu. And then what you do is you uh, load up the manual save that you made and then go and do the chapter select. It's it's a process because the way the game works is that if you go back to, say, chapter 2, even though it's not really labeled chapter 2, uh, and then you try, you know, you move on, it actually erases everything after that point. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you have to have a save, a manual save or an auto save for the final chapter because if you go in and after you've beaten the game, if you go in and do chapter select, that now becomes your new auto save, and the game thinks that you haven't beaten the game yet. Right. So like I was saying, go in, get the collectible that you're missing because the collectibles, even with New Game Plus, uh, you'll notice that if, you, if you're actually playing the game through New Game Plus, which I'm doing, I'm just actually going right back all the way through the game because I liked it that much. When you get to a collectible that you previously got in your first playthrough, there's like a little check mark letting you know that you got that one. So when you do that, that's how you get around it. You can see which collectible you had, which one you didn't have. So. Okay, but that's that's through obviously New Game Plus and not Chapter Select because Chapter Select again overrides your autosave. Right. So okay, I, I have six manual saves. Uh, I just did that because I didn't know where the game was saving, and. Uh, when I was going through uh, the open world section of the game, uh, I they, they, there's actually a trophy in that area that glitched out for me because I couldn't complete one of the areas because somehow between the auto save and the manual save it glitched out. So that's you must one be talking about sightseer. Say again. The sightseer trophy where, you know. Well, I, I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything, especially because Yield hasn't even started playing it yet. All I'm gonna say is the name of the trophy, and that way you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I think but, it's, I think it's actually a hidden trophy too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's how you get around with the collectibles because I read that they save to your profile, not your game save. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going back in. I'm gonna try to get all the trophies. I'm just going chapter select to get all the collectibles, and then after that, I'm gonna go new game plus because. Uh, I have all my, my, I'm not saving to the cloud right now, except for my profile, because all I care about is the collectibles. That's what I'm going back for. But all my auto saves and all that are from when I beat the game and, and before. So like I have all that stuff stashed in the cloud. So it's, it's good in case anything happens on my PlayStation. But, um, you know, the ending to this game, I'm not going to spoil anything. Obviously we had a big end up discussion last week. All I'll say is it's, um, it's appropriate to the world that uh that these characters live in it's um yeah it, tricky sending me emoticons like he he really enjoyed it um i kind of had like a hollow feeling 
I did not enjoy it as much as Tricky. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to say that Naughty Dog didn't do a good job because this is a story they want to tell, and, and I'm just here to take it in. I didn't agree with everything. Um, there were some things that Naughty Dog did over the course of, like, I felt a certain way at the beginning of the game, and over the course of time, Naughty Dog kind of swayed me away from that. So it, it's really good storytelling. Again, it's uh, a bleak world, so I, I don't know, you know, it, it's not going to be a Disney ending. Um, but I did feel, and Tricky and I talked about this when he called me, I did feel that I was robbed in one small way. There was just one thing that I wanted, like a one part of a scene that I wanted to see between two characters, and I didn't get that. Uh, and I felt like I got a little robbed. Like I, I just wanted some like verbal recognition of something from a couple characters, and I never got that, and I kind of felt a little robbed in that degree. Um, but you know, overall, it's like I said, the story ends appropriately. It's like Tricky said last week, this story is about hatred and like vengeance and obsession, and it's, like, the way that Naughty Dog told the story, it all makes sense, it all fits, and, like, even though I didn't agree with everything in the story, like, I can still recognize that they still did a a really good job of weaving all these elements together, so. All right, and uh, we'll go further into this uh, when we do our PG spoilers, which right now is tentatively uh, scheduled for July 24th. We don't have an exact time yet. Uh, probably closer to like seven, eight, nine o'clock at night Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that is a Friday. So if you have played the game and you want to be involved in the spoilers, please reach out to me. Reach out to Alice. Let us know that you want to be involved, and we'll make sure that we get all the proper information to you. <coughs> I do. I do want to say that one of the things that you know didn't change about how I felt about the game. Well, two things. I still feel the game is a little too long. And I feel like they could have tightened it up in some areas. And also, I feel like they could have used certain characters better. So that really didn't improve along the way from our last discussion about it. But, I mean, overall, like, I, I feel like with the, the heavy hitters in the story, like the characters they really, really had to do well, I feel like they did a good job with those. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Yield, what have you been playing, sir? So, been playing Rocket League. Fifth year, anniversary. Going through that. Uh, World of Warship Legends, working on the campaign and playing uh, some of my working on my bureau. Fired up Oddworld Munch's Odyssey HD on my three just because I was bored one day and looking for a new game to play. It's not a bad game. First Oddworld game I played. Camera angle kind of is annoying. So, but I'll probably go back to that. Uh, picked up. Ticket to ride off of the multiplayer sale and play, uh, played it a bunch. Fun little uh, house party game. It's a really you, fun board game, too. Yeah, well, I want to get the board game version as well, but it's also fun to play just on the, you know, on your phone and tablet. And then on the July savings sale, I picked up Far Cry 3 Classic, and I've been playing some of that. All right. Uh, and I have been playing, uh, Division 2. And Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually trying to bring up my trophies just to see if I got anything else. Uh, Assassin's Creed Remastered. Uh, going back and playing that. NASCAR Heat 4 and 5. And Minecraft Dungeons. And I got a new Platinum in Div- Devious Dungeons 2. But I think I said Wait, that you said week. that last week. I was going to say, I think I said that last week. Uh, yeah, that's all I've been playing. 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proving Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site pay the bills. All right, let's get into our topics. The first topic is, as we told you last week, the Devolver Digital Direct was uh, happening. Uh, I did not watch this, so I'm just reading this off the news. I don't think any of you gentlemen watched it either, did you? I didn't know it was on. I saw all the tweets about it. All right, so let's just go through. Uh, this article is from IGN. Go give it a click because it's uh, quick and to the point on everything. Uh, the Devolver the, the Land Expo, uh, described as a first-person marketing simulator, this free minigame places you in an abandoned conference center as and has you fight and puzzle on your way to Devolver-themed goodies, including trailers game, of games shown in the Direct. Uh, Shadow Warrior 3 uh, showed off some gameplay, uh, showing off the 2021 unique gunplay, platform, and melee combat, and a range of ludicrous demons' designs to disembowel. Uh, I don't know if that's Ouija or o- O-L-I-J-A. Olaja? I don't know. Uh, coming... This fall to PC and Nintendo Switch, it is a Prince of Persia-inspired action adventure featuring a shipwrecked captain and a country full of people who really don't want him to be there. Sounds a lot like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, Fall Guy, uh, 60-player Battle Royale game show is coming to PC. Tell you what, that was a good TV show. Fall Guys? No, Fall Guy. Fall Guy, Fall Guy. Isn't that what you said? I did, but it's actually called Fall Guys. I'm trying to remember what Fall Guy is. I had the $6 million man in it. can't remember the guy's name. I don't know. All right, back to the game. It's a back 60, to the game. It's a 60-player Battle Royale that's coming to PC and PS4 on August 4th. And we got to look at its many minigames and costumes, including a pre-order exclusive Half-Life outfit to grab on PC. Carry On is a tentacle-propelled reverse horror game. It's coming to PC, Switch, and Xbox One in just two weeks on July 23rd. Serious Sam 4, uh, it's coming... We got a peek at it uh, for its August release on PC and Stadia. Blightbound, uh, it's a local and online and local multiplayer dungeon crawler coming to Steam early access on July 29th. Uh, and it, you have three classes, uh, the multiple worlds, puzzles, and lots and lots of combat. And Weird West, which is uh, it's a isometric immersive sim for the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. Weird West is due in 2021, and it's an action RPG which has you playing as five gunslingers in a f- fantastical take on the Old West. So if you want interested in any of those, go check that out. Uh, in the news that surprises a lot of people, Sony has ac- acquired a minority stake in Epic for $250 million. This is coming from IGN. Yes, it's coming from IGN. Uh, just quick things here. Uh, Sony has acquired a minority interest in Epic with a strategic investment of $250 million. The minority stake will mean that Sony and Epic will be able to collaborate on more closely together in areas of games, entertainment, and technology. Quote, Epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics places them at the forefront of the game engine's development with the Unreal Engine and other innovations. There's no better example of this than the revolutionary entertainment experience Fortnite End quote. And that came from Sony President and CEO Kenichio Yoshida said in a statement. Uh, he went on to say, quote, Throughout our investment, we will explore 
opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to consumers and industry at large, not only in games, but also across the rapidly evolving digital entertainment landscape. Uh, Epic founder and CEO Tim Sweeney said, quote, Sony and Epic have both built businesses at the intersection of creativity and technology, and we share a vision of real-time 3D social experiences leading to the convergence of game, film, and music. Together, we strive to build an even more an open, accessible digital ecosystem for all consumers and content creators alike, end quote. Now, if you guys remember... Well, I guess that makes sense, considering that Sony showed off the Unreal Engine 5 at uh, one of their latest showcases. Yeah, they, they also, uh, if you guys remember the... Uh, that little tech demo that they came out with. Uh, I forget what the name of it was called. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, Lumen in the Land of Nan- Nanite, I think it was called. That doesn't sound right, but... Um, but, yeah. Uh, uh, the story was updated two days ago as of this recording from uh, leaving... Uh, Getting a quote from Tim Sweeney said that Sony began discussing the $250 million stake in Fortnite after the creator, un- after the Unreal Engine 5 PS- PS5 demo, saying, I guess they liked it. Responding to concerns that there was a financial arrangement made behind closed doors to ensure the P- PS5 tech was used in the showcase at the U- uh, Unreal Engine 5 demo, Sweeney countered by saying serious investment discussions began after the event. So, what do you guys think about Sony acquiring a stake in Epic? I guess good for Epic. I mean, I'm not a fan of Fortnite, so... I mean, it's not like they have majority control, so, I mean, nothing's really going to change for Epic other than they may have a stronger relationship with Sony. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not trying to start a controversy here or, you know, conspiracy theories, but didn't Epic make... Years of War. Yeah, Epic made Years of War. That's because Cliff Lazinski was a employee of Epic. So does that mean that Years of War is now technically could happen on the PlayStation? I don't think that can override any particular agreements they have with Microsoft, especially since we don't know how long that agreement is. And if Microsoft, I don't know if Microsoft <coughs> owns the rights to it because they published it or or what that deal is. Or, wait, I don't know if they publish it or not, but I don't know if there's a deal in place where they have exclusive rights because they published it or funded it. And so, Not that Epic needs their money or anything like that, but I don't know if what the contractual obligations are between Sony and, or Microsoft and Epic. Because you would have figured, given that you know we've seen a lot of things go multi-platform, especially games that have traditionally been one, like, you know, it's like a Sony, Sony console game or whatever, you figure that Microsoft would have locked that down from the start, right? I'm just trying. I'm just googling to see who actually owns the IP. Uh, oh, I guarantee Epic does. Epic's too big not to own that IP. Well, I don't think Epic was that big when they first came out with Gears of War. Is my point? Because Epic really, I'm not to say like Fortnite made them, but they didn't really blow up until Fortnite. I mean, they've always had the Unreal Engine, so that was always a huge piece of proprietary tech for them that other people used. Oh, correct. I'm, I'm just saying as far as Epic trying to say, like, lock down the, the IP, I, 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 I'm not going to say they weren't big. I'm just saying I don't know if they were big enough to say we want to lock down this IP. 
Uh, let's see. Who owns the Gears? Well, under underneath the underneath Gears Awards, it lists Xbox Game Studios as one of the developers for <clears throat> at least one of the games. And the publishers are Microsoft Corporation, Xbox Game Studios, and Starry Games. Okay, uh, there's an article here uh, from WCCFTech.com, and the headline says, here's why Epic sold the Gears of War IP to Microsoft, and that was dated May 3rd, 2016, so I guess Microsoft owns it now. Yeah, they're listed, Xbox Game Studios is listed as the publisher. Yeah, but the publisher doesn't really mean anything as, as far as... The, it, it's really who develops it. But if you publish it, like if a, if a bigger company, like a platform holder, like Sony or Microsoft, publish a game, you would assume it's they a, can it's they exclusive. can ask for exclusivity rights. Right, right. No, I get that. What I'm just saying is, just because they publish the game doesn't mean they own the IP to it. Uh yeah. Okay. There you have it. I I, I just it, it was one of those things. Like, can they now do it? But I guess they uh, Microsoft owns it now, so. Squares. Never mind. All right, so let's move on to our next topic here. Like, what do you guys think about this? And, like, well, I mean, Yield kind of said a a piece, but Tricky, you asked us, what about you? Like, how do you view this between Sony and Epic Games? You know, I, I don't know how I feel. I mean, obviously, Sony buying Epic or invested in Epic, I should say, uh, is very intriguing. But I also find it a little funny because. Unless they want that engine for all their stuff. Well, what I'm what I'm thinking about is Epic and Sony, quote unquote, went to war over cross platform play with Fortnite. And then all of a sudden now Sony's investing into Epic. It's like Epic was just calling them out saying you guys are holding, you know, the game back. You know, you guys should just give up this whole thing of that. Uh, cross-platform play could hurt the kids, and then all of a sudden, Sony sees, sees that demo, and they're like, oh, uh, we need to get that locked down for us. And I'm Yeah, but Sony Epic- would be stupid not to know what the like the viability of the Unreal Engine is before that, because, again, we're on the fifth iteration of it, and it's widely used. In, the previous versions are widely used in games you know, across the industry. So for Sony just to click on, like, click, like the light just clicked on the attic for them, and, oh, this is really good. Where the hell have you been for the previous Unreal Engines? You know Sony's used Unreal Engine for some of their games. Right, but is I Epic is also uh has a is also I'm trying to word this right. Tencent, which is the Chinese company. Uh Yeah, they make a lot of MOBAs. Right. They have a stake in Epic as well. Uh I'm trying to So how how would that relate to Sony? Well, the whole the whole thing with, hold on, I'm just trying to read real quick. Uh, updated as of uh, October 9th of last year, uh, Tencent actually owns 48.4 percent stake in Epic Games. So that means now they would be the majority holder. Well, I don't know if they, unless Sony. Uh, Bought some stake off of uh, Tencent, you would have to assume that Tencent is now the majority owner because if it's 48.4%, that just assuming there's no other owners, that would mean that Epic has 50, 
1.6%. And if Sony just invested $250 million, you have to assume that's more than 3%, which is now making Tencent the majority owner of Epic. Am I wrong in my thinking here? No. I don't know. I mean, they sold, or, um, they sold Gears to Microsoft, so, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Why are they making like a million dollars a day off of Fortnite? Oh, I mean, it's probably it's got to be one of the highest grossing games of of anything, like on any of the consoles. Like it has to gross more than anything else, I think. Uh, all right, so we'll move on. I I just find it weird that Sony and Epic were basically button heads, and now all of a sudden they're all buddy buddy. So either that means that Epic is seeing you know. The downfall with Fortnite going because now Warzone's kicking its ass, or, uh, you know, they decided that, you know, it was better to partner up. I don't know. I mean, eventually, I think that even if there's a little bit of bad blood between companies, if they see that there's more money to be made by them playing nice, then I think they'll do that. You can mend fences. True. Uh, did you guys ever play uh, Man of Medan? No. Alex, I did not. the only The only supermassive game I've ever played was Until Dawn. All right. Well, the second game in the Dark Pictures anthology is has a release date of October thirtieth. Uh, this will arrive on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC, and the game can be played through solo or online with another player via its shared story multiplayer system. Uh, this game is called Little Hope. So, if you're looking for the next entry into it. Uh, this entry into the series focuses on an abandoned New England town and stars four college students haunted by Little Hope's murky past. The game's cast includes Will Poltier uh, and Pip Torrens. Uh, and yeah, there you go. Well, how many how many are in this series that they're doing, the Dark Anthology? I think they said eight. Do we know which one they're on, which one this is? I said this was the second one. Okay, uh, I, you know I, I loved Until Dawn, and um, I, I wanted Sony to buy Supermassive. I still do, but I I don't know. Like once they released uh, a Rush of Blood for the VR, like I just kind of fell off with whatever they were doing. Are these games available on the four? Yes, and they're not VR. The the Dark Anthology, uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, are all on the four and not VR. Okay. Uh, they but they also did other games. Uh, they did uh some VR games. I know they did the Inpatient. Um, and they did another VR game. Uh, making me Google. Uh, super massive games. Here we go. Uh, they also made. Two two two. Oh, hold on. Their games they made. They made uh, Shattered State, Bravo Team, The Inpatient, Hidden Agenda, uh, which was the uh, game you play with your phone, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, uh, Tumble VR, and Until Dawn. Uh, they also made Little Big Planet for the Vita. Uh, they made some level kits for Little Big Planet 2, uh, Killzone HD for the PS3. Uh, yeah. So they've been around. 
So I'm assuming the, all the games in these uh, Dark Pictures anthology, like they're smaller games. They're not the size of Until Dawn. No, they are the size of Until Dawn. Oh, wow. So. Uh, Damn, they are pumping out games like crazy. Yeah, they, uh, they're moving. All right. Uh, the next topic, I'm just going to report the news. I'm not going to ask you guys your opinions on it uh, just because... Uh, I don't want to get into a big discussion about this. Uh, this article is coming from IGN saying three top Ubisoft executives have stepped down following sexual misconduct and toxic culture allegations. Uh, this is coming from an article from, like I said, IGN and written by Adam Bankhurst. Go give it a click. Following the recent sexual misconduct and toxic culture allegations, three of his executives, Chief Creative Officer Serge Hassot, Ubisoft Canadian Studios head Tannis Mollett and Global Head HR Cecile Cornette have all stepped down from their roles. As reported by GamesIndustry.biz, the three stepped down, quote, following the initiation of rigorous review that the company initiated in response to recent allegations and accusations of misconduct and inappropriate behavior. Uh, Hasselet, according to the report in the French newspaper, The Libertarian, was specifically named as playing a central role in the company's culture problems, with one source saying that the executive had the most toxic behavior in the whole business. Ubisoft CEO and co-founder Yves Goumont said in a statement that he is committed to implementing profound changes across the company to improve the strength in the workplace. Quote, Ubisoft has fallen short in its obligation to guarantee a safe and inclusive workplace environment for its employees. This is unacceptable as toxic behaviors are a direct contrast to our values in which I have never compromised and never will. I am committed to implementing profound changes across the company to improve and strengthen our workplace culture. Moving forward, as we collectively embark on a path leading to a better Ubisoft, it is my expectation that leaders across the company manage their teams with the utmost respect. I also expect them to work work to drive the change we need, always thinking of what's best for Ubisoft and all of its employees. Uh, Gumat will be, uh, that's the end of the quote. Gumat will be filling in Hasslatch's role on an interim basis while he manages a complete overhaul of the way the creative teams collaborate. No replacement has been made for Mallet, but has already left his role as the recent allegations have come to light in Canada against multiple employees, making it impossible for him to continue in his position. Another unnamed employee was also fired for, quote, engaging in behaviors that do not align with what is expected of Ubisoft employees. Uh, and yeah, basically... All this was done. Uh, but I bring that up just to explain that uh, during the Ubisoft Forward, they did not speak about this and the Ubisoft Forward, which Yield and Alex watched. Um, I mean, so, you wouldn't expect them to cover this at like a show where they're showing off games for investors and stuff like that. <laughs> well, they, well, one thing, Meanwhile, on the management side of things... Well, you, one thing, this was pre-recorded, obviously, so there was re- all these segments were recorded and edited, and I'm sure they didn't have time to put it in there. So they had to outright say, listen, we're not going to be addressing this because this all this stuff was already pre-recorded. But the expectation was if this happened before your presser, you, maybe you should be coming on stage to talk about it. But, of course, this wasn't a conference. It was more of just a direct video package. I mean, it's obviously something they need to address, but they weren't like when you're when you're like have a an event and you're showing off your games, you're not going to break from that to talk about this. You're going to, you know, address it in another way um, publicly. Yes, but you're not you're not going to address it on a show like that. All right. 
uh, before we go into the conference, let's go ahead and have another ad. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew every month, otherwise Amazon is just going to keep your money. Why not give it to us instead? You know, Yield, you have a sexy voice for ads. Hmm. I always had a face for radio. <laughs> All right, let's get into our the the uh, Ubisoft forward. Uh, All right, let's get into it. Let's go backwards and go forward at the same time. You're weird. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion was showing off. Uh, what do you guys think of the trailer and the information that we got? Okay, so I was finally glad to get the information on it. I, w- I was glad to see that you can recruit people. I thought that was kind of an interesting way of of doing the game, how you can, you know, everybody can recruit their own people. Well, we knew that already. Oh, well, I didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. So, so I thought that was really cool. The beginning movie, I liked it, but really felt there, it really, to me, felt that it didn't need to be at this presser. To me, that's something you drop at the game announcement. Well, I, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there watching it, and I thought, "Wow, this is really cool." Then I see in the corner of the screen, come thinking that guy can't be game footage. And I see it on the screen, you know, not actual game footage, and I'm like, "Well, this is an absolute waste." Yeah, because from my understanding, this is this isn't part of the game at all. This was something that they had a well-known Somebody, director make, right? Yeah, yeah someone made a, a, a short movie. Okay. About it, which I thought was really cool, but like I said, I think this 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 would have served better at a game reveal than at a, at this little presser. And that's just my opinion. Okay. That's all I have for Watch Dogs Legion. Alex? So, I mean, Watch Dogs, it looks, I like the art style of it. I don't know. And this is just kind of a comment for overall for Ubisoft. Nothing that Ubisoft really ever does is super enticing to me. Like, I'm never just drawn to it the way I'm drawn to certain games. And maybe I'm just, like, so locked into my Sony fanboyishness that I only want to play Sony games and, and not really any third-party stuff, unless it's Crash Bandicoot. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Overall, like, they showed some cool stuff off here. And I think that if you're looking forward to these games, like, you've got some really promising stuff coming your way. It's just none of this stuff really, like, kind of grabs me all that well. Um, but Watch Dogs, I mean, the game looks good. It's really cool how you can kind of form your own team and then the challenges you have to face, pick different, like, characters to fulfill those roles. Like, if you want to, like, pick a melee character to help or fight from far away. I think one of the guys I showed off was a construction guy and all this different stuff that he could do, like calling, like, a loader droid or a, um, a loader... Um, Not drone. Um, uh, drone. Drone, yeah, a loader drone to help him kind of fly above... Uh, he also had a wrench that he just beat people with. So, and then there was another lady who had like uh, even more drones, but like like spider drones and all this stuff to help her fight from far away. So like, there's a lot of mix up with the characters and a lot of different characters. And the way that you use those to complete missions, I thought was a really cool idea. And like I said, the game the game looks really cool. Um, for some reason though, like Ubisoft's whole like push for like the whole. Um, like tech sector, I, I, that's kind of boiling it down way too simplistically, but like it just feels like there's a lot of 
like a lot of their games, like Assassin's Creed, of course, lies outside of that. But a lot of this, the, the stuff is like really future tech focused in like the story. Like I, I looked at like Hyperscape and I was like, man, this new Battle Royale looks like it was taken like from an area of Watch Dogs or something. Um, but anyway, Watch Dogs looks good. It's just something I'm not probably going to get into. I'm definitely hyped about this game. I like, I like the Watch Dogs games. Obviously, I've gotten the collector's edition for both of them. Uh, I, I'm really interested in this. I, I see myself running around as an old lady, an old, the old granny just beating people up because I think uh, an, an old granny is unsuspecting. Um, the uh, the two things Tricky wishes about his life, that he was an old granny and that he would beat people up. <laughs> uh, well, well, hold on, Tricky. Let me ask you. Like, since I'm kind of, I like, you know, the look of the game, and I recognize it looks pretty cool, but I'm not necessarily sold on it. Like, since you are a fan, like, how would you sell me on this game to someone who's only seen, like, a trailer and may not have been grabbed by that? It, it, uh, well, the if you watched the, the trailer where they were showing how the different ways, like, you brought up the construction worker, you brought up the, the girl with the, uh, the spider drone, um, and then they sh- actually showed uh, you recruiting one of the... Uh, ABBA, ABBA line? ABBA. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. That's a security yeah, one of their employees where they would be able just to walk right in because obviously they belong there. It, the, I, what's always attracted me to the Watch Dogs games is the ability to tackle every mission in a completely different way. You're going to get an entirely different uh, playthrough than I am. Uh, it's the working through, even with Watch Dogs 2. It was like, do I take the stealthy approach? Do I send a drone in? Do I go in guns blazing? Like... I, it, the whole story, and even you brought up the the look. I love the look of this game. I love the the neon. Uh, I'm I'm losing my words here. The, first light look. Did they did they kind of change the visuals any from the first game, or was the first game a lot like this? Was there like a lot of neon going on? It, no, we, the first game was based in Chicago. And the second one and this, was this was London, right? Right. The first yeah, this one's London. The first one was Chicago. The second one was San Francisco. This one's London. Um, but I really like the look of all of this. Like, I, I cannot wait for this game. Uh, they did release a uh, release date, which is October 29th, which uh, I'm actually going to have to wait a day to play it because that's actually Sweet Mama D's birthday, and she's not going to want me playing video games on her birthday. Uh, well, unless you're playing alongside her. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna let my sweet mama D watch me play Watch Dogs. Um, well, no, not like certainly not that. But um, well, let me ask you, like Watch Dogs, like that's always been kind of highly like embedded in hacker culture, right? Yes. Or at least yes. the original game was. Um, if you yeah, because if if you go back, uh, Donnie used to explain this game as Assassin's Creed with hacker technology. He, he Donnie never really. Uh, Appreciated the Watch Dogs games because he, he always felt like they were Assassin's Creed games, which well, Assassin's Creed is also published and developed by Ubisoft. So right, I mean, it's it's not a unfair comparison, but I I, I never felt that way. Uh, before we move on, uh, I I find it weird because I didn't put this topic in the agenda, but there was a recent story uh, when they announced NBA Two K Twenty One that. The PS4 and Xbox One uh, versions of the game was going to be fifty nine ninety nine, and that the next gen, the PS5 and the Series X versions, are going to be seventy dollars. 
So yeah, that kind of blew up all over social media. So there's going to be a $10, $10 increase. And uh, now a lot of people are speculating that that's, you know, industry-wide. That could just be a 2K thing. I don't know. but No, it would probably be industry-wide. Well, here's also the thing. If you look at the article for, uh, that I put in the agenda for Watch Dogs, you can actually pre-order Watch Dogs Legion for the PS4 and Xbox One for forty nine ninety four, which is actually ten dollars less than normal games, and they also announced in the press conference that uh, with the Xbox One, uh, if you buy the game, it's going to get the smart delivery upgrade to the Series X for free. So, uh, we'll go into the price increase probably on next week's show or the week after that. But I find it interesting that there are some games that are coming out, and they're going to say the next gen games are going to be seventy dollars. But you get games like Watch Dogs Legion, which are going to get the smart delivery upgrade, and hopefully PlayStation has something uh, comparable because otherwise, you know, that's going to be a major distinction when people buying the Series X or the PS5. But I find it funny that you can pre-order Watch Dogs Legion right now for fifty dollars, and then you get two K one, two K twenty one. Turn around, it's going to be uh, seventy dollars. So. Well, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, the next thing is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Alex Are you not going to talk about the other game? Uh, did I just skip a game? Yeah. Which game did I skip? Uh, the Fortnite-looking... Hyperscape? Uh, yeah, that one. No, I... I okay, I'm taking this out of the show. I didn't put that in the agenda because I didn't... Because PC you know, only. <clears throat> well, no, it's coming to consoles. It's just the beta right now. But no. I, but I actually didn't put it in there because I know you, neither one of you guys are interested in Battle Royales. Well, you put, you you put Devolver Digital in there, and none of us play Devolver Digital games. Well, Devolver Digital is covers all things. But yeah, I I, I contemplated putting that in there. Uh, Yield, what'd you say about the when I said Battle Royale? I said, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. All right. So the next thing we have <laughs> is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, Alex, we were talking about pre-show about this. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think about the new Valhalla? Well, I figure you'd be a better person to lead into this than I would. But um, so I thought this game, like looking at the trailer for this game and the presentation for this game, it looks huge. It looks massive. It looks like a ton of work went into it, and it looks like a really, to be honest, daunting task to play this game. Um, it like I've said before in a previous episode that the whole. Um, playing in like England like it's just not a cool setting well recently Ashley and I have been watching The Last Kingdom which is you know issues in uh, England between the, the Saxons and um, the uh, the Danes and it just kind of all the wars that happened within that uh, that time period and it's like now seeing Valhalla it's kind of like okay this clicks with a television show that I like so I'm a little bit more interested now but you know it, like it just looks like such a massive game, and for it to be that to be the Assassin's Creed game that I jump back into, I don't know. Um, I did like that they kind of uh, initiate like they some of the cool things they showed off were the raids that you could like be going down the river and just like stop anywhere and like raid a camp or something like that. They also had the big assaults, which I asked you about, Tricky, and that they've never had anything on that scale, like a casual siege or something like that. And then, uh, did you all see the size of the wolves? Yes. Yes. Are they dire wolves? They're massive. <laughs> Fucking huge wolves. 
Well, yeah. Well, you know, back in the Viking days, animals were a lot bigger. That's that's the, that's the big thing I took away from this. Are the big things that uh, the game looks fucking enormous. The assaults look fun. The raids are cool, and there's big ass wolves. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, I, I you know I asked Tricky about this. And I'll ask him again so he can repeat it for the show. At this point, yes, there are stealth elements, and there's like you have a cloak that you wear. But is this this doesn't seem like the the Assassin's Creed we originally had in mind. This seems like a far cry. Ha <laughs> ha. A far cry from Assassin's Creed because it's not like so much of the game is not actually about stealth. And Tricky, you had mentioned that Origins and Odyssey were kind of the same way. Yeah, well, I mean, when they went back to Origins, obviously, you know, you're not going to have the same style of uh, gameplay because they, you know, obviously as the game's called, it's Origins. It was the start of the Assassins and the Templars and all that stuff. So you really didn't get a chance to uh, experience like with the Hidden Blade and, you know, the the jumps the uh, eagle leaps can't remember the name when you jump off the 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 sinking points into bale of hay or something like that you really didn't do all that i mean this was literally the start and then like i i gave that a pass and then they we went to odyssey and there was i mean you had a hidden blade but you never really used it it was more they changed the combat and this is seeming like the same thing with Odyssey and Origins. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying like the gameplay is bad or anything, but you definitely have a an argument saying this isn't Assassin's Creed anymore. But then again, the game's got to evolve. So, I mean, who do we well, Yeah, say? but is this, is this evolution like, are they just using the Assassin's Creed name to, to sell it so there's brand I, recognition? Or I, does Valhalla actually feel like it could go in a universe alongside Brotherhood and Revelations and all that? Well, I, I, I definitely feel like they're uh, treading on the name right now. I, I, this isn't what I remember, what I liked about Assassin's Creed. Again, let me be clear. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying this is not what I see Assassin's Creed as. Um, and then there was actually another topic, and I want to bring this up real quick. Um, they Okay, the game is coming out November 17th, which I also found was very weird because that's literally three weeks after Watch Dogs Legion comes out. So, Very clearly, they don't think there's a huge overlap between the people who would play Watch Dogs Legions and people who would play Assassin's Creed. Right. All right, but this article, because uh, we talked about this in the past, because uh, when we talk about uh, Eivor's gender, uh, we were talking about how can they choose between male and female. Like, Wait, is it, is it Eivor? A- what did I say, Eivor? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Just a breath away from Igor. Um, but we had a conversation... Uh, saying like, how how are they justifying that uh, it could be a male or a female or whatnot? Uh, and they kind of address it in this article. It says Assassin's Creed Valhalla will introduce new narrative elements for the animus that provide lore justifications for new gameplay possibilities, namely the ability to switch the gender of the player character at will, as well as bring modern day protagonist Layla, who is the replacement for Desmond Miles, into the historical open world. So let me be clear. What they're saying is now the Animus now has the ability to change the, the, the gender of the person you're playing in history. It's also allowing the current play player, uh, in this case Layla, who, like, like I said, replaced Desmond. You can now bring Layla into the world of uh, Ivor. Ivor. I don't know. It, what, you know what I'm saying. Um, now... 
the way they're justifying this, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole article, uh, was you found Leonidas's dagger in Odyssey. But because the DNA was so strained, the animus couldn't determine whether or not the, the DNA was male or female, so you were able to choose which character you played as, a male or a female, if you played as Cassandra or Alexios. They're saying now that this is the same way that you're able to choose the gender of the player you're playing as the Viking. But they're also saying that there is a a reason explained in the game why this is possible, but they're not able to say what it is because that's a major spoiler for the game. So I wanted to touch on that because we previously had a conversation a couple episodes ago about how they were able to choose whether or not be male or female. Uh, I, I just think that, it, like, I really like, because they talked about how much research they did for this game and how they actually traveled around the world to help make this game and get an idea of how, you know, people, the Vikings would actually view things or, you know, like, kind of as best they could, like, how their lives would unfurl and, and how they would experience the world. So that, like, kind of research, and, like, Ubisoft's always done really well with representing the real world in the Assassin's Creed games, so you got to give them credit there. Um, they put in the work. But this, like, I, I just feel like if you had just taken Assassin's Creed off and just called this Valhalla or, like, some kind of other, like, Viking name, I feel like it would have it would have fit, too. Like, I feel like you could, like, I feel like this is kind of a spinoff of Assassin's Creed as opposed to a mainline game. I And I, that's kind of the way I felt with um, Origins and Odyssey as well. So, do I think they're trading on the name? Yes. Uh, but, again, I'm not saying it makes it a bad game. No, I mean it can still be a good game. It's just, is it still? Are we still in Assassin's Creed, or is that kind of are those kind of fumes are died out? And, and you know what? This may be a uh, a, a long term plan where somehow this all wraps up into the same thing. You know, they they could have uh, some idea for three games down the road that ties us all back in together. I don't think that's the case, but hey, it is possible. It is possible. No, I think they're just going to try to continue to play in the sandbox of history and just pick cool places where they could set a game. All right. And for a... I don't get to give my opinion. Oh, I'm sorry. I, did, did you give a shit about Assassin's Creed, sir? Well, I haven't started playing yet, but I, was, I can still give my opinion on what I think of the game. Absolutely. The floor is yours, sir. So, uh, battling the giant wolves I thought was really cool. Uh, being able to equip different weapons, however you kind of want to do the play style because you can dual wield weapons. Excuse including me. two shields. Including two shields. I thought that was kind of a nice uh, quirk in the game. Uh, the raiding at any time, that was the first thing I thought, wow, that's really nice that you can just go sailing around and be like, you know what? We're going to stop right here. We're going to raid this village and we're going to build our village up. I, I thought that was kind of cool and then how you can kind of command your you know, rally your troops. Which is a first in Assassin's Creed. Um, oh, well, you they, know they also talked about how, like, there's, like, a, a big map that serves as kind of, like, your hub of information about, like, in, like, a lot of this game seems like it's, like, relationship management because, obviously, you're going to England, a place where you're not necessarily welcome, and so you're having to make um, relationships allies. and connections with people. And you're having to make allies in order to progress in the game, it seems. Well, I, I before, you know, I... You kind of cut me off a little bit. Uh, we were talking about the raids. This is the first time you're able to control another army. Uh, but this 
I, I, it's not actually true because you were able to do it in Brotherhood and I believe in Revelations. Well, Brotherhood, you could control other assassins and send. You could send people off to do jobs around the world, and then you could call assassins to take care of people in the streets. But you didn't control an army. No, and what I I don't know if you guys noticed in the trailer is actually one of your uh, Viking uh, raid buddies goes down. You can actually pick them up. Uh, so. Yeah, and I and I believe the same goes for you. Yes, thank unless you. That, they unless can pick that was you up. break point. I was, but yeah, I, I think if you go down, they'll they'll come and. Well, yeah, I actually. Drive you. It's a good thing you said about breakpoint because uh, that was another thing that I didn't put in the agenda. Uh, breakpoint is now because before when you were playing breakpoint, uh, if you were playing single player, you were the only one out there, which was a departure from Wildlands, which you had a team of three people with you. Now uh, I think starting on the sixteenth, which is the day after this show comes out. Um. Or right around that area, uh, you're now going to have three uh, AI allies that you can customize just as much as you, uh, just as much as you customize yourself. They and it works just like Wildlands, but there's more controls. And again, if you go down, their priority is to pick you up, but they're going to take out everybody around you so they can successfully pick you up, and vice versa. Uh, but getting back to Assassin's Creed, uh, same thing. Uh, you were able to, you know, control your raid party, and you, you know, because it. In brother in um, Brotherhood and Odyssey, you were able to send an assassin out, and they fought for a period of time. But then they just randomly left the fight, and if they went down, there was no way to pick them back up. Uh, this seems like you're, you're full control of your, uh, control of your raid party, and if somebody goes down, you can pick them up. So. And th- this this whole controlling like an army. It's just it's it's just very unassassin like. That's not how assassins work. <laughs> um, but I do like the fact that you can uh, <coughs> upgrade your village as well. I, I always it, 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 I'm okay with it as long as it's not like filler. Like it's it's not a sim. Yeah, upgrading your village benefits you. You right. know what I'm saying? This just isn't a story mission. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where I'm upgrading my village for trophies and just because it's what I need to do. Right. Upgrading my village gets me access to more dual wield weapons, gets me better armor, stuff like that to where it kind of helps your gameplay. Do I want to upgrade over here for this? Do I want to upgrade over here for a bigger army? Stuff like that. And, and granted, that's kind of cosmetic in a way but it it's still it's gameplay beneficial whereas otherwise it's just strictly kind of time consuming i got you i guess you got me all right uh can we move on now because uh i don't want to you know leave. yeah i mean you're no, no, you're no. good i, I yeah, think i i think i've made the same point three times now so i, I think i'm i think i'm good to go i think i've made my point all right. Well, if you go three more times after that, you'll be have the number six, and that would be Far Cry Six was officially revealed. Yes, that was a bad segue. Oh, I mean, that's better than your normal segues. I was impressed. But yes, but I was going to say that's better than your normal segue, so it's an improvement. Far Cry Six has officially been revealed for a February eighteenth, twenty twenty one release date, and it's coming to Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, Stadia, and PC. Oh, the, okay. Before we actually continue with the story, um. 
there's a lot of speculation right now because you we were talking about the release dates of October 29th for uh, Watch Dogs and then November 17th for Assassin's Creed. Uh, those two dates had put into question uh, when we're getting the consoles. Because if, I, if they're coming out for PlayStation 5 and Series X, they need to be out when those games come out. So we're going to have both consoles uh, by speculation and rumor before October 29th. But hold on. Isn't Far Cry 6 scheduled for February 2021? Yes, but that's next year. We know we're getting the consoles this year. Yeah. But they're saying that because Ubisoft announced uh, Watch Dogs Legions for October 29th, that must mean that we're getting the consoles before then. Well, one would be soft. You're fucked up. Uh, uh, hold on. Getting back to Far Cry, can I say one thing? Like, I've never played a game in the series, but one of the things up. I appreciate just someone like on the outside looking in, I love the fact that they focus on their villains so much because not a lot of games do that. Obviously, the protagonist is what most you know games focus on, but like the, this trailer focused on the next villain, which uh, being played by Giancarlo Esposito from the Mandalorian and Breaking Bad, an, an excellent villain, a very detestable villain, but um, or a guy who plays very detestable villains. But I, I just love how the series, like, their, their villains actually kind of outshadow everybody else. Right, well, they, the Far Cry games always focused on the villain, not the protagonist. Yeah, which is something I think that they do well that's different from most other games. All right, so uh, also announced there's going to be free upgrades for anybody on that PS4 and Xbox One owners will get a free upgrade to the next generation console. Uh, after a leak this week, Ubisoft showed off the game's intro video and cutscene, introduced us to Anton Castillo, who, as Alex pointed out, is Castillo. Being, Castillo, uh, as Alex pointed out, is being played by Giancarlo Esposito and his son Diego, who is preparing the leadership of the Tolteri. Help me out, Alex. Tolterian. Arian. Yeah. Oh. More than that, but anyway, uh, state of Yara players will take on the role of Danny Rojas, who can be played as a male or female character who is a guerrilla revolutionary. Uh, oh, hold on, sorry, the word is totalitarian. Thank you. I didn't have the article up, <laughs> which is normal for you. Uh, so yeah, I like Alex said, I've never really gotten into the Far Cry games. Uh, Yield, you played Primal. I played Primal, which I absolutely loved, and then I picked up three on the sale, and I started playing it. Uh, I enjoy what I'm playing, but the protagonist, um, at least the way the game started, kind of put me off, because you kind of start as this, I guess, kind of naive person, because you were all captured, and you see your brother kill somebody and you're like oh, oh my god he's actually dead and you're like you've never seen a dead person up close so you're traumatized by that and then by the time you're going through the tutorial you know you're killing animals and you're like Ugh, every time you skin an animal you know he's like kind of like disgusted but yet you, when you run across the baddies on the road you're mowing them down with AKs and shotguns and no comments are being made so it's kind of like you're, you're being kind of fed that, um, um, you know, this is all new to me, and I'm, I'm kind of 
don't know what I'm doing, but yet you're out there just mowing people down. And he's like Rambo. And I'm just like, oh, I, I, I just, I'll just enjoy the game. So mm-hmm. I want to read uh, a little snippet from the IGN article. And towards the end of the, the article here, it's, they say, this is presumably the mystery AAA game Ubisoft mentioned that it would reveal between 2020 and 2021. Who on this show said, hey, isn't it time for another Far Cry game? We were trying to guess what that game was. I think we all did, didn't we? Uh, no, it was me. Because I asked how long it had been since a Far Cry game, and they said, aren't we due? Uh, I think it was all of us, actually. I was right. Because he was answered right. my question. Hashtag and I asked, everyone was right. No, okay, I was so, right. So before we go on to, to D. To D. <laughs> Yeah. What was everybody's thoughts? I said at the very beginning, I was disappointed. So, tricky. I, I liked it. I, I think we got a lot of information on Watch Dogs and uh, Valhalla. Uh, I don't really care about Far Cry 6. Um, what I really disappointed at the news they gave about the Division 2, which I didn't even put on the agenda because there was really no news. Just saying, hey, we put Easter eggs in the game. Go find them, which was... Quack, quack. Yeah. Um, uh, Hyperscape, uh, like you said. Looks looks like Watch Dogs and Fortnite had a baby. Right, and I I might be willing to play it, but it's first person, so it was immediately uh, uninteresting for me. Uh, That's why you don't like Far Cry games, then. That's why what? You don't like Far Cry games, then. They're first person. Well, I mean, yeah, that's part of it, but again, the, the series just never really interested me period. Like, I, like I'm like i interested in Call of Duty games, but I'm not going to play them because they're first person, obviously. Um, but I, I have been... Uh, there has been, like, a... I don't know if hunger is the right word. Uh, I have been... Interest? I, I, I've been a wanting... Thirst. I've been wanting desire. To, I've been wanting to play a Battle Royale game, uh, and I was hoping that somebody would come out with a, th- uh, a third-person one. Uh, and before anybody says, well, Fortnite's out there. No, that's not... Like, yes, it's a Battle Royale game, but that's not what I'm talking about because that bat, Fortnite m- more focuses on building than the guns and the combat. And It's a it's a building management game. Right. It teaches you how to be a, uh, a building superintendent. Make sure uh, everything's up to code. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really want a third-person uh, Battle Royale, and unfortunately, Hyperscape was first-person. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that I didn't put in the uh, agenda uh, that came that was shown. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Brawlhalla, uh, coming and, to iOS, and uh, Just Dance 2020. Uh, the, crew the crew two, two. crew two. Uh, Trials Rising is getting the longest track in history free for everybody. And like I said, Breakpoint, they're finally putting the the um, their team in there. The, the team in there, and they're also uh, starting on the 16th. It's a limited time event called Resistance. Uh, uh, the players will be attempting to save prisoners, attack outposts, and stop convoys. Playing the event will unlock 14 new rewards available until July 29th. Uh, this also update is also going to have uh, more PvP content, including item drop functionality and community requested improvements. Um, well, here, yeah. here, you know, if you want to try out Hyperscape, it is going to be free to play. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, at this point, you if you're going to put out a battle royale. Uh, you have to be free to play because aren't like isn't Apex Legends free to play? 
Apex is free to play. That's the first Fortnite. Person. Fortnite. Yeah, but you just they're all free to play. Um, and they talked about how they were going to introduce more skins later on per each season. So the game's going to have seasons just like Fortnite, and they're going to release new skins. I mean, that's apparently how all these games are making their money is the skins. Oh, absolutely. Even Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone, they basically uh, uh, made their own game. Uh, and I actually found out this funny thing. Uh, I can actually 100% the trophies in that game very easily because apparently there's this thing in Warzone where uh, obviously you guys know with the, the Battle Royales, you jump out of a plane and you you know, you know got to scavenge everything. Wait, hold on. Do you actually jump out of a plane or is that just a Fortnite thing? No, you jump out of a plane in Warzone. Oh. And it's basically I mean, that kind of makes sense in Warzone because, you know, but every every um, <clears throat> Battle Royale doesn't do that. They don't start from a plane. Yes, they do. Well, Fortnite starts from a flying bus. Well, same same shit. Well, yeah. Pal- Paladins, that's considered a Battle Royale, isn't it? Nah, I don't think so. Is Paladins a Battle Royale? I have no idea. I didn't play it. Pretty sure it is. Uh... And you got you ride horses into the into the fray. Hey, so, someone, someone who's more knowledgeable about this than, than us, please let us know if Paladins, every battle royale or most of them starts pa- from you jumping out of a plane. Paladins is a free-to-play objective-based uh, team, first play, first-person shooter. Uh, yeah, that's it's not a battle royale. Yeah, but also, don't they have teams in Fortnite? Like you can play team-based things. You can do a duo and trios, yeah. But that's yeah. But that. The, uh, Paladins is an arena shooter. Fortnite is a battle royale. But going back, it's just a bigger arena. Going back to uh, Warzone, apparently, Point made. apparently there's a trend because if you don't jump from the plane, uh, the game actually ejects you out of the plane at the last minute. So, as people are waiting for games, they walk away from their consoles and they're you know what they call AFK away from keyboard. Uh, but in this case, it's away from key, uh, controller. And they say on the average, because it's 150-player lobbies, there's 10 to 15 people who uh, drop out of the plane because they didn't get back to the controller time. So if I was there, all i do is just sit in the plane, get to the end, drop down, and kill the 15 people that are not even there to control. And I could have 100% of those trophies. Awesome. I just don't want to do that. <laughs> you, you know what? You should do that before they patch it. It's not a patch. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's just literally like you're away from your controller, and because you didn't jump in time, the plane ejects you. You land on the ground because, you know, your parachute automatically comes out, and then you land on the ground, and then you just shoot everybody. Oh, There's okay. nothing to patch out. It's gotcha. People not paying attention, not getting back to the controller in time. Gotcha. All right, so moving on to our next thing. I guess uh, I'm not going to give my thoughts on the, the conference. You know what? I'm such a bad host today. Alex, what are you... No, no, we can go. No. You know what? Um, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette while you talk because you're going to be talking for the next 20 minutes. It's not going to be that long. It's not going to be long enough for you to smoke a cigarette. So Okay, time it, time it yield. Okay. So I, I can recognize that even though I'm not a huge fan of the games that Ubisoft puts out, I like. I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Like, if you're looking forward to a lot of these games, I think there's a lot of good stuff coming your way. Uh, Watch Dogs looks promising. I think that Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks promising, even though it doesn't feel like necessarily like what Assassin's Creed was really intended. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, Hyperscape, it, the game looks really good. It like it looks like a lot of fun, looks frenetic. It, it looks like what you would want a Battle Royale to be. Whether it can make some its own space in the already crowded world of Battle Royales, we will see. But, I mean, I think there's a good foundation there if they can just get people away from other other games. And, I mean, Far Cry 6, like I said, uh, I think they presented it really well. Once again, focusing on the villain and getting a, a well-known name within TV and movie. I think, you know, a huge win for them. So, I mean, Ubisoft showed off a lot here. And, and you know, we, we've got a little thing coming up here about the... Tricky's going to talk about how they've announced a second conference, a second forward conference. I don't really know what else they could talk about there unless they're going to bring us... Well, <coughs> if it's not already dead and buried, if the Kraken didn't take it down years ago, Yield. I know. Um, or, you know, maybe a new Rayman game. Who doesn't want a new Rayman game? Nobody. Are you back from... Did you take two drags and now you're done? I didn't go smoke because you said it wasn't going to take that long. Meanwhile, you took two minutes. Well, I was trying to fill time because I thought you left your desk. That's they, they, you go think it again. You gotta stop that. Uh yeah. Well, Ubisoft thinks they can put on another conference. Yeah, you know? they said later this year. They didn't say when. You have to assume it's probably gonna be like September, October. Yeah, hopefully we get some Skull and Bones information. Although I think the game's dead. Oh, they they they, uh, they said some they. Oh, geez, hold on. They there was nothing during the conference. I didn't see nothing. No, no, no. Skull and Bones. They, but they said that they didn't talk about two games. Skull and Bones was one of them. The other one, I don't remember. Beyond Good and Evil. The next Beyond, yeah, Good, Beyond and Evil. Good and Evil. That was the other one. Oh, oh shit! That game, really? Yeah. That, that game did look good when they showed it off. I All mean, right. you know, they're, Hold they're, on. Like, oh, let me be clear. Ubisoft didn't say they were going to talk about this. IGN said that they didn't talk about either one of these. Hopefully, it'll be in the next conference. Oh, yeah. Oh, so those are just games that they're hoping for. Right. Ubisoft, I, no way, shape, or form confirmed that they will be talking about those two games come the next uh, forward. They got to have something to talk about in the next hour. It was this about an hour long? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like right around like fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes. So. Uh, and they also announced things in the pre-show which I didn't watch until like the last ten minutes. So. But you didn't miss anything. Uh, so there we go with that. All right, so we have two topics of the week. Uh, Yield, I'm going to let you choose which one we talk about first. Let's do the, let's, let's do the Xbox. All right. Uh, as we reported last week, there, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive is uh, apparently up for sale. They're being sold by their parent company, AT&T. We announced that Activision, EA, and Take-Two we're interested in purchasing it, but a new man, a new team has stepped up, and as Yield has pointed out, Microsoft is reportedly interested in acquiring WB Interactive. Okay, they can have EA. They can have EA. Well, yeah, you go ahead and report. I'm just saying right now, they can have EA. That's not part. You're confusing me. Oh, never mind. I didn't read properly. <laughs> You thought EA was for sale, like Microsoft wanted to buy EA. Yeah, no, they're one of the companies that are interested. Right. Okay, no, act, no, Take-Two needs to be the, the the buying company. The other three can just go away. Anyway, continue. <laughs> All right, so uh, whoever buys w, uh, WB Interactive 
uh, is likely to purchase studios like Avalanche Software, Monolith Productions, NetherRealm Studios, Rocksteady Studios, TT Games, and various WB Studios across the globe. So, uh, okay, yeah, Take Two needs to be the one that wins. I I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, but if Microsoft buys WB Interactive, oh my gosh, that would suck. That would mean we lose games like the we Batman, our Batman Arkham series. We lose Just Cause. Lose Just Cause. We lose Mad Max. We lose Mortal we, Kombat. We lose Lego. Yeah, we lose all the Lego games. This, if Microsoft purchases this, this is bad news for PlayStation gamers. Alex, you're kind of quiet about this. Uh, I hope you're not crying in your car. What do you? <laughs> I am not podcasting from outside of McDonald's. Thank you very much. <laughs> not outside MC Donald's. Oh, Donnie, you're fantastic. But uh, I mean, if Microsoft can negotiate this deal, they absolutely should. Because, I mean, yeah, for business standpoint, it would be really good. We'd also lose, oh, also Shadows of Mordor. Yeah, Monolith, Monolith Productions made those. That can go away. Any, anything having to do with Harry Potter, too. I'm assuming that's part of Warner Brothers. Yes. Well, Injustice Gods Among Us. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, listen, we've already lost uh, Senua's story. When they, uh, okay. If you're going to act all sad and heartbroken about it, know the actual title. The first game was Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice. Well, no, I said Sinuous Story because I didn't want to say we lost uh, Sacrifice, but we did lose Sinuous. What's the name of the second The sequel, game? Hellblade 2. Yeah, what's it? Hellblade 2. Sen- but it was Sinuous something. I, don't, I didn't know what her last name was. No, the name of the game. Hellblade send you sacrifice was the first one. The second one is send you with something. Uh, have they announced the name for it? Yes, they did. Jeez, now hold on. You you keep it. talking. I'll look that up. Oh, I was gonna look it up. Okay. Uh, send you a saga. Hellblade they, two. Saga. There you go. Uh yeah. So we, I mean, we already lost those games. Well, we lost Double Fine. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, I mean, we're gonna yeah, get. Yeah, but I mean, let's, gonna, let's, even if they do. Get, uh, if even they, buy, they do buy Warner, we still got plenty of games to play on PlayStation. Yeah, but that but it would. God, suck. if they buy Psionics, I might shit a brick. But it would suck to lose the Arkham series. It would suck to lose Mortal Kombat. I could care less about Mortal Kombat, but I respect those who do. But no. I mean, you could also. I mean, is the Arkham series even a thing anymore? We don't know because we have. We don't know what the hell. Uh, w Montreal's working on, and we have no idea what the hell Rocksteady's working on. Yeah, but every, all all indications suggest that they've moved away from uh, Batman Arkham. Well, we don't know because the biggest rumor is that they're doing a Court of Owls game. Oh, Montreal? Yeah, that that, that is a terrible rumor. No, no, no. They, I think he's talking. Well, they've also talked about Suicide Squad uh, as far as Rocksteady. But are you talking about Rocksteady doing a Court of Owls game? No, the rumor is WB Montreal is doing a Batman Court of Owls game. Oh, okay. And that Rocksteady is, the rumor is they're doing... Suicide Squad. A Suicide Squad game. But in reality, we that's just rumors. We don't know what the hell they're working on. Man, I, I you know, I'd probably be more sad if it was a Marvel game. But, they, it's, uh, but like, uh, it was also announced that, I don't know if you guys are Harry Potter fans, uh, it's rumored that Avalanche has been linked to a Harry Potter game. So, I mean, 
this is like serious. Like I, I don't want to like again. I, I don't want to sound like you know, fuck Xbox or anything like that. But if if Xbox buys WB Interactive, it's That's a lot of exclusives. It's it's uh, it's very bad news for PlayStation gamers. Now, yeah, but you're that, also you're also assuming that like again, like the Batman Arkham games are still a thing. I mean, Mortal Kombat would be a huge get for Microsoft, and like uh, enormous for them. But for someone like me, I, I don't care. I mean, you can have micro, Mortal Kombat. I don't care. And I get that, but that doesn't mean that I want. I, well, Tricky, I, you're most sad about the Lego games. Not really, <laughs> but yeah. What are you I, talking about? You know how many Lego games you've played? No, no, I'd be upset that I can't play the Lego games, but if they went away, I would not be too devastated. I'm with Yield. I think then, then what's the answer? Like when someone says, hey, I'm looking for something for me and my spouse to play on the PlayStation. Uh, if you don't, if you can't play Lego games, what are you going to say? I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think Take-Two should buy them. If, 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 but see, and again, this is all speculation because we don't even know if they're up for sale. Oh, all right, so let's get... Microsoft's putting the fear of God in tricky. Let's get into our other topic here. Uh, so far, we have confirmed that the PlayStation 5 is back, backwards compatible with the PlayStation 4. And long has been rumored that it's also backwards compatible back to the PlayStation 1, including, obviously, PS2 and PS3 games. A new story coming out from IGN, written by Jordan Oleman, suggests that a uh, uh, Sony patent has surfaced, suggesting that PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games could be emulated via the cloud. First posted to Twitter by user Renka Schedule, the tweet can be translated into English, at which point it reads, a large number of game titles across PS1, PS2, PS3, and various generation game consoles can be stored and used via cloud gaming library. Quote, these games can be run on a virtual machine that mimics the operation system associated with each game console. End quote. It continues. Uh, so, my question to you, gentlemen. It, assuming this is true, how bad is it comparison-wise to the Series X, which can run uh, the backwards-compatible games natively, that you are going to be required to be online to play backwards compatible games on the PS5 uh, uh, beyond the PlayStation 4. I, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Honestly, if I could play from a server somewhere else and have Sony stream it to my, my thing, my console, rather than you know having to put a disc in or whatever, uh, and especially with people downloading so many games recently in recent years, like digital, like digital downloads... Uh, you, on a new console, you would have to stream it anyway because anyway, you don't have a physical copy to put in there. So, I mean, think of like on Nintendo's online service, you get access to the NES channel and the Super Nintendo channel. So you can play old games on those channels. Now, they don't have a ton of games on there just yet. I'm sure they're going to continue to build the library. But well, that's a little I think a bigger question is, but Alex, what does this do for PlayStation now? Okay, but Alex, you, you're comparing two different things. This is... It's it's but it's both a streaming service to play old games. Correct, but with the Nintendo, they're giving you games to play. This is talking about playing your games backwards compatible, but you require to be online to do it. And but I'm assuming not... what they would do because you can't because getting people to prove purchase 
like like proving purchase of a PlayStation One game or PlayStation Two game would be ridiculous. I'm assuming they would just charge a subscription fee and say, "Hey, here's a bunch of old games. You can play them on this. You can stream them from our our technology. You don't need to own them. You can just play them like just stream them like PlayStation Now straight to your console." Right, but then they wouldn't have to apply for this patent then because they already have the patent for PlayStation Now. They would just do that with PlayStation Now in general. This applies to a different patent in a new way that they're playing to let you play your backwards compatible games. Yeah, but how how are they going to do that? Like again, I, if I, I own I own Crash Warped on I have the actual PlayStation One game of Crash Warped. How the how the fuck are they going to work that out if they're not just like say and it may just be first party games that can get on there and not well I guess no that would have been first party well no that was Universal, um, but like it would probably be like a lot of it would be just be first party games because like, but how are you going to, if someone says, Hey, I own all these games on PlayStation. Cause you know, some people out there have huge collections. How the fuck are you going to work that out? If you're not just actually putting a bunch of games on a streaming service and allowing people to stream to their TV. I have no idea. I, 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 I don't even have a speculation. I, I mean, I said this on a previous episode where I said uh, they may have offered some service where you mail in your physical copy of the game and they'd give you a digital code. But, oh, do you okay? Do you know how ridiculous that would be? I, like, if I, you ask all the PlayStation owners in the world to send in their old I, games, I'm not and, I, like I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying that's the only way I can take it. Going to happen? You overyields dead body. Over yes, I am. If I will be physical copy, then you will bury me with all my copies of games. I, listen again. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying that's the only way that I can think that they could verify, unless somehow you put the disc into the PlayStation 5, it spins, sends the code to Sony, which then unlocks the game on the cloud. But but the original disc weren't, uh, like, I, they, they were not formatted with that capability. Alex, I, I, I just don't want to have speculation, because this doesn't, this is not clear. Well, they, and they just because they apply the for this patent doesn't mean that this is what they're going to do. But if they say play from the cloud, so when you put your... Um, your save file, you up, if you have PlayStation Plus, you upload your save file to the cloud. That is stored in Sony's servers. Correct. So if this is again in the cloud, you would be playing from Sony's servers. Correct. Yeah. So you would be streaming from Sony's servers. Like, something would be sent to your, your console and your TV from Sony's servers, and you would just stream on your console. I, I Yes. But you, but if this is backwards compatibility, you, Sony's going to need a way to verify that you own the game. Because no, I, I think what they mean by backwards compatibility is that you can play PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games via a cloud service. Not necessarily your exact collection. Well, again, then why do this patent? Because they've already have that technology in PlayStation Now. Now, all they have to do is put a game into PlayStation Now, and with your subscription costs, you can play that game. There's no reason for them to apply for a patent... Well, what if they do a separate channel? Like, Nintendo breaks up the channels for console. What if they say, here's a, a retro games channel, like a back, backwards compatible channel? be a terrible name. But what if you could just play PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, or PlayStation 3 games on there, or if they broke them up separately as a PlayStation 1 channel, a PlayStation 2 channel, and a PlayStation 3 channel? And it was separate from PlayStation Now. Why would they do that? Why well, would how they the hell else mean- are they going to do it? Are they going to just throw them into Now? Well, that that's the speculation. I my 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 what I'm trying to say is they've already have the technology for you to play PS3 games inside of PlayStation Now. So 
why would they need another patent to be able to play your PS3 games on the PlayStation 5? You already have the technology. You already have the capability. There's no reason to apply for another patent for that technology. So this has to be a way that you're able to play your PS1, PS2, and PS3 games on your PS5 through the cloud, but it's got to be your library. And what Sony's going to have to do is find a way to verify that you own that game. Because if they're just going to say, okay, uh, Final Fantasy VII PS1 edition, you can play on your PlayStation 5, they're going to need a way to verify that you actually own the game. I do not think Sony is going to go through all the hassle of confirming that millions and millions of players own this game or that game or that game. They're not going to verify that I own my original copy of Soul Blade. Okay, so in that case, why don't they just put Soul Blade in PlayStation Now under the subscription and say, okay... Well, PlayStation Now isn't a great name for a service that allows you to play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games. Um, But again... Coming from the cloud, if you like, they're not going to store that game in a cloud specifically for you. I think they're just going to put a bigger service on there that allows people to play old games and just charge a subscription fee for it. And uh, in response to that, which I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, I'm not saying that's not possible. All I'm saying is, if they're going to go that far, then why not just put everything inside a PlayStation Now and call it a day? Yeah, but I mean, again, uh, to verify name. every to verify every old game that pl- people have kept over the years, there's no way Sony wants to deal with that. Absolutely no way. I, I, I and then it's intended to have a channel specifically tailored to all the games that you own in the uh, store, stored on Sony servers in the cloud. I, uh, yeah, that just seems like too much hassle. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's all rumored that PlayStation One, Two, and Three games. We're going to be able to be back with compatible on the PS5. We it's now confirmation. This patent is just adding more to the speculation. I I agree with you on the fact that Sony's not going to want to go through the headache of verifying all 10 million copies of Final Fantasy VII sold for the PS1. And I don't know if it's 10 million. I'm just throwing out a number. I I agree. There's no way Sony wants that headache. But again, why not just put it into now? Change the name of now. I personally think now when PlayStation Plus are going to combine when the PlayStation 5 comes out. Uh, but, hey. Well, I guess we'll find out in time. Yield, what do you think about all this? I uh, don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, I if, just I, I want to know what they mean by backwards compatible because they're they're still vague on what they mean backwards compatible from the five to the four and even farther back. And, uh, and I think they're still trying to figure it out. It was all, it was kind of, it's starting to feel like Xbox has a, has a, has a defined plan on how their backwards compatibility is working and people love it. And so Sony's like, Hey, yeah, we're going through that too. And everybody's like, how we're doing that too. So, that's all I want. All right. Let's go ahead and close out the show. But before we close out the show, be sure to follow us on all of our social media feeds. Just look for Proving Gamer on Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to also join the Trophy Horse Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast. 
In the group is where you can ask questions for us to answer on the show. You can also send us an email via the Troy Memorial email. That address is trophyhorse at provengamer.com. Or if you would rather leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 330-PROVEN-9. That's 330-776-8369. You can watch our videos on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proven Gamer. You can also catch us streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And you can catch Tricky streaming for Extra Life every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Extra Life for Kids. Remember, that's the number four, not the word. All right, Alex, your shout-out, sir. Oh, no, sorry. Okay, sorry. I had to go take care of something downstairs. Um, give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse. Thank you all for your continued support of the show. I, like I always say, without you guys, the show is nothing. We just talk into a microphone. You guys make the community, um, and we love your interaction with us. So, um, you know, always um, jump on there, jump on Facebook, and ask us some questions. We'd love to hear from you guys, and we'd love to interact with you a little bit more. So, um Give a shout-out also to Tricky and Yield for recording tonight, and another shout-out to Mark for coming on and recording with us last week and talking some Last of Us Part 2. And give a shout-out to my awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who surprised me because uh, she's doing a lot of crafty stuff. She's doing a lot of, like, T-shirt pressing and all that kind of stuff. She surprised me with a Sly Cooper T-shirt today. So um, thank you, honey, for uh, that awesome shirt. I, if, you, if you know me at all or you listen to – very many episodes of the show, you know how much I love Sly Cooper. So uh, it was a wonderful gift. Uh, thank you, honey. I love you. And uh, long live Sly Cooper. All right. Uh, we did. We got to. We forgot to mention this last week, Alex, that uh, Mark is actually our Patreon producer. So, yeah. Uh, big shout out to him. Yield your shout out, sir. So I will give a shout out to Alex and Tricky for showing up and recording this week. Shout out to Ubisoft for an informative press conference. Shout out to the pimps and the madams of the whoredom for collaborating, listening. Stopping? Well, no, not stopping because they're continuing. But I'm glad you you caught that. Yeah, it's a Vanilla Ice reference. It is. I'm just glad you caught it. I I caught it too. I just didn't know how to respond to it. And uh, what else I want to say? Shout out to. What about a shout out to Homer? Because I saw you guys tearing it up in Rocket yeah. League. Yeah, shout out to Homer. We were we were tearing it up in Rocket League. I was not having my best games. I'm not gonna lie. I was not having a very good couple of nights we played together. I was competent. But Sometimes it, it takes a little extra time to brush the rush off, or brush brush the rust off. But I I felt like I was not me when I play when I was playing Rocket League. But beside the point, we were still still put up some good highlights, even though Tricky disagrees. I I didn't disagree. And uh, shout out to Prepare to Die or Scum for coming over, playing some Ticket to Ride. Did he wear a mask when he came over? No, he didn't wear a mask when he came over. Don't get me started on that tricky mick. Wow, it must have really irritated you the whole day. <laughs> yeah, you don't, 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 don't get me started on. Anyway, that's it. Peace out, folks. Uh, see you next week. Tricky's got shout outs to do. I'll see if I can derail him. Want to give a shout out to Homer who uh, 
I was giving him a hard time about his ESPN worthy highlights, Rocket League, but I actually uh, shout out to him because he actually did a test project with me to make his highlights better and actually be highlights and not the every goal he scores. I'm going to show everybody, even though they. Why not? That is a highlight. A goal is can be a highlight, but he was acting like he should be on ESPN's top ten. And he definitely was. Some of those were. Homer isn't on ESPN's top ten. He is ESPN's top ten. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't, I don't see Tricky playing Rocket League. Uh, uh I haven't played Rocket League in a while. Uh, uh, I bet you two of the three hosts have played Rocket League way sooner than you have. And I'll bet you the third got the platinum before either one of you fools did. That's all right. Are you 100% in the, with the trophies? Yeah, are you 97% with the trophies? I was 100% when I got the platinum. Okay, were you still 100%? <laughs> no, because I haven't haven't played since I got the platinum. Well, then. Well, I take that back. I have played since I got the platinum. I just I didn't buy any of the DLC. Well, you don't well, buy the DLC. You download their updates. All, all the, like, everything, all the content that the trophies are tied to has been free. Uh... The first and second one, I don't think were. No, they're all. They've all been free. You sure? Yeah, I, I haven't had to buy any of the post-launch content except for if I wanted, like, I wanted the the Ecto One, uh, the Ghostbusters pack. But other than the cars, you don't have to buy any of that stuff. I, it just I, comes in a game update. I thought the first and second pack, DLC pack, you had to pay for in order for the trophies to pop. Up. I mean, it, I maybe, could be wrong. Maybe it was different for me because I bought the game outright. I didn't get it for free. I just bought it. Yeah. And it, those those packs may have been in the game he bought. That's true. Uh, but I will be uh, working with Homer and Yield uh, more to uh, be able to put more highlights, uh, maybe put them up for our YouTube page. i got to talk to them, figure it out. Uh, but well, I, I don't know. You have to talk to him. He's the one posting them. I was just in them. Well, no, no, no. The, the, we're getting derailed here, as you wanted. Um, there is a program that uh, Homer was streaming on the uh, Proving Game of Twitch page. And, and what this program does is as the stream, when the stream ends, it automatically scans the entire video and posts the highlights. The start of the game, awesome goals, awesome saves, stuff like that. So in one video package, instead of Homer having to post, you know, like one game he's, uh, when he was live on Twitch, he scored seven goals. Instead of him posting seven videos... There's one video that shows all seven goals in its in their highlights. Oh, okay. I got you now. So if you like if he was to stream on Twitch with us or for us and you were playing in his game, when you score a goal, it shows that highlight. I gotcha. And if you make an epic save, then you know, it does it as well. Uh, but so shout out to Homer for that. Uh, I was giving him a hard time, but he misunderstood when I was giving him a hard time. He thought I was getting annoyed that he was posting the videos that I was just busting shots about saying that they weren't ESPN top 10 quality, but we got that straightened out. Uh, shout out to the goddess. Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to everybody uh, that listens to the show. Thank you very much. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Out. Start the music.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.